0: The ARA acknowledges the traditional owners of the land where we have recorded this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to the Elders past, present and recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as Australia's first traders, who utilise a sophisticated network of trading paths that have facilitated the exchange of goods, knowledge and culture for millennia. (laughs)
1: Hi, I'm Paul Zara, and welcome to a special Christmas episode of Retail Therapy, brought to you by Australia Post. Joining me for some retail therapy today is Professor Gary Mortimer, Professor of Marketing and Consumer Behaviour at the QUT Business School and Chair of the ARA's Consumer Research Committee. Gary, it's great to have you on the podcast. Today we're talking all things Christmas. We're also looking forward to hearing about some of the consumer trends you're seeing here in Australia and overseas. Gary, I must ask, first question, what's on your Christmas list this year?
0: Well, well Paul, it's great to be here. And um, I, I guess the one thing I'm really looking forward to is, I guess, some downtime and, and having a bit of a rest, to be perfectly honest. It's been uh, an incredibly busy year, as you'd know. We, we've obviously got a strategic partnership with QUT and the ARA mm. uh, and uh, certainly the role with uh, the Consumer Research Committee. We've developed, uh, I guess, a number of reports uh, and also some research insights to your resources page. And I think the one thing I'm really excited about is the new federally funded grant between the ARA, QUT, and Disability Employment Australia. We're looking at Retail Ready, and and really looking to help um, you know, young people with so social psychological uh, disorders and disabilities get into the retail workforce, and I guess achieve a, a rewarding career in retail.
1: Gary, we're always um, very pleased and you know grateful for all the work you do for the retail industry. <laughs> Now, you've been in the business of researching consumer trends for over 12 years now. What do you think is different about Christmas this year and what trends have you seen gradually shifting over the years?
0: I think the big trend we'll see this year, Paul, is a shift back into physical retail. And uh, you know, if we have a look at the online sales numbers over the last twelve months, I think we we peaked around November 2021. We spent about 4.5 billion dollars online. Uh, progressively, that's declined to about 3.4, 3.5. The numbers coming out uh, only recently for September, so we have seen a decline. That's about 800 million shifting back into that physical uh, retail space. And I think that's been driven by uh, some pent-up demand to get back into shopping centres, into stores, uh, and really connect with the recreational and social elements of retailing. It's not just about provisioning. Uh, In saying that, online retail is still massive. Uh, You know, to the 12 months to September this year, we spent about $50 billion dollars. Before the pandemic for an entire year, we'd probably spend about 27, 28 billion. I suspect we'll probably hit about 65 billion, uh, this year. Um, I think behind that, another trend we're starting to see is retailers really look at speed uh, over price. And really, it's no longer about being the cheapest, it's about being the fastest. And we have a look at Woolworths Metro 60, really pushing those food deliveries uh, into store, into people's homes within 60 minutes. I think that's what consumers are demanding. Uh, and, and I also think, you know, the buy now, pay later products. We're seeing a, a myriad of them enter into the marketplace. They're really replacing that traditional lay-by that we would once have as we came into Christmas. And I think in doing so, will create a few opportunities for, uh, for retailers.
1: <laughs> Do you think that this trend around, uh, I guess, convenience is now surpassing price in many ways? Gary, is that the way you see it? Because there's been such a move towards next day delivery and such pressure now on getting people wanting things with a few clicks of their fingers, but wanting it now, not waiting for it in a week's time. It's no longer acceptable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and this is probably predominantly um, relevant for food retailing. We think about when we shop for food and groceries, we generally shop on the way home from work and we sort of consume that evening. I think we're probably prepared to wait a couple of days or a day to get, you know, shoes delivered or a book delivered. But when it comes to food and groceries, I think that there's a real push there to, uh, to expedite that delivery. Amazon's done some really good stuff. We're really seeing next day delivery in most cases in capital cities. Uh, and certainly, you know, Stephen came from Coles uh, out in the Media last week, really saying that you know when their um, uh, their automated fulfilment centres come online, and this would be the same for for Woolworths as well. We'll really start to see that speed increase, and, and consumers looking at how do I get my groceries much faster than you know the next day.
1: Now you touched on buy now pay later. There's been a significant so number of new players uh, join the field, and I guess. You know, do you remember, Gary, you and I, I think we are the same vintage. Yeah, <laughs> so um, you remember Lay-Buy, don't you? Yeah, I do. And it's sort of, it's sort of um, fighting for its life in some locations. But is that the new lay do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it is. And, um, you know, listen, I remember um, running discount department stores uh, and that mad rush two days before Christmas, yeah, trying to locate lay that were put away 12 uh-huh. weeks before. Um, and that cold sweat you would get when you can't find someone's lay-by okay. and it's sold out. Um, so, so buy now, pay later really has replaced that traditional lay-by and, and, and driving that is that sense of, I guess, immediate gratification, which you touched on when it comes to speed of delivery. So we want to buy it now, we want to take it away, we want to consume it now, yes. and we want to pay for it later. I think the challenge, of course, though, is that lay-by also facilitated that way of hiding things away from those prying eyes. You know, you could pay it off in small installments. Uh, It wasn't at home. The kids couldn't find it, pick it up two days before Christmas, wrap it, put it underneath the Christmas tree. So the opportunity, I think, for retailers is how do we sort of still give people that lay-by experience without having to physically hold those goods in store and then potentially lose them?
1: No, really good point. I know most retailers don't really like lay-by for the very reason that stress of actually, you know, having to store products, the cost of wrapping picking, packing and then ultimately having to deal with um, issues that come from it because uh, so many things can go wrong. But equally, uh, yes, I can see the convenience of it. So, look, let's just see. Hopefully there's somebody listening out there that can solve for a buy now, pay later um, solution that actually uh, where you don't get the goods and you get the, you pick them up later down the path. We'll leave that somebody smarter than me, I think. <laughs> Whether you pour candles or hand make sandals, Australia Post knows you could use a little more time and money to help grow your small business. Send smarter and save time and money with My Post Business. Easily create and pay for shipping labels, integrate with e-commerce platforms, and send parcels from your nearest post office. And the more you send, the more you'll save. Another way Australia Post is delivering like never before. Search My Post Business to learn more. Now, we've been chatting about Christmas expectations with our uh, our other guests. How are you predicting sales to go for retailers this Christmas?
0: Yeah, really strong. Uh, you know, I know the, the work that ARA and Roy Morgan did in calculate about 64 billion, uh, over the six weeks to Christmas. I think those numbers are, are pretty on, pretty much on, the, on the money. Um, if we look at September's spending and despite the, the, the narrative around cost of living, increasing, uh, interest rates, we're still spending, uh, mm. 35, almost $35 billion in September. That was 18% higher than September, uh, the year before. Listen, I, I would suspect we will probably Probably crack $40 billion in November for the very first time. Now we won't see those numbers till about January. We'll reflect back on on November. But really, I think it's going to be strong all the way into Christmas, that's going to be driven by those online sales events. We've just had, obviously, Click Frenzy. At the end of this month, we'll have Black Friday, Cyber Monday. That's really becoming a a week-long event. It's not just a weekend any longer. Uh, So I think it will be big. I think what the commentators are saying, I tend to agree, is post-Christmas, I think we'll start to see uh, the market settle down a little bit. I think uh, interest rates will start to creep in. People will come off those fixed-term loans. Uh, Credit card bills will start to bite. interest rates. And uh, I guess, Utilities will start to bite. And we'll see some softer spending uh, through uh, February and March next year.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how we go because I I guess what we are seeing is that, um, you know, through uh, the month of November, there was certainly a lot of, uh, you know, according to Salesforce, uh, 33% of uh, shopping is done in the first three weeks uh, this year uh, and another 25% through Black Friday, Cyber Monday week. So by the time we get to the 1st of December, what is that? 50, I said 33 plus 25, 50. 58% 58% of um, yeah. of uh, shopping is done. So that's sort of like a retailer's dream if they can bank you know, nearly 60% of their um, trading performance in the first, you know, the month before Christmas. So let's see how it all pans out. But we, you know, I, I think there's no doubt people are still remaining optimistic about Christmas. There's a lot of nuances through November because of lockdowns from last year and a changing consumer behaviour. But we do need to um, be prepared that 2023 might be a very different proposition. Yeah. Now let's talk about, um, technology. How is tech changing the in-store experience and what are we seeing in the, in the payment space?
0: Yeah. Well, listen, certainly, um, from transactional space, uh, there's a real focus around, um, you know, the speed and convenience. So that, that scan and go. And I, and I suspect that Woolworths are probably leading the charge in that way of technology, being able to wander into your store, scan, uh, you know, scan those products, pop them in your bag, avoid the lines at, at the checkouts and, and get out. We're seeing a few startups like Tag R, Tag R is sort of providing that type of technology for smaller retail players. Um, shoppers are also looking for alternative payment methods. I mean, you know, look at Apple Pay, for example, It's had a massive and significant growth, certainly over the last couple of years. So Apple Pay, certainly uh, when it comes to payment technology. I think what we'll see going forward, certainly in the next couple of years, is things like biometric payment technology. I saw that Amazon One have increased their trial of, uh, of their, their pay with your palm. So connecting your credit card to an image of your palm and then simply scanning your palm across Uh, A pad. Uh, And then, of course, facial recognition payment technology. We're not seeing that here in Australia just yet, Mm -hmm. but uh, certainly in China, about 760 million users expect to use some form of payment, facial recognition payment technology. I think driving that pull is this concern about, uh, I guess, credit card fraud and credit card theft and privacy data. You might be able to steal my credit card details, but you can't steal my palm and my face. So I think security is driving consumers to say, how else can I pay? What are the alternative ways? i can
1: transact yeah it's absolutely fascinating gary and what about other in-store experiences is santa still coming to town this year
0: yeah, it's it's really great. I think this is the the first Christmas we've really had in three years. I say, I guess Paul, where where Santa's back and and uh, Saturday the twelfth of uh, November was the launch. We saw Santa arrive certainly at Westfields around the country, and it really sort of t- you know, kicks off Christmas spending. Um, yes. And you know, there's a lot of nostalgia tied with that that experience of physically going into a shopping centre, into a department store, having a photo with uh, with Santa. Uh, and, and while while we all complain about busy car parks and noisy shopping centres it really is a part of christmas and yes. christmas is been christmas in australia without sort of battling uh, you know the, the car parks and, and getting out there
1: finally let's talk about gifts gift categories what's hot this year as a present which categories do you expect to really take off
0: Yeah, listen. I think again the the traditional categories that work every Christmas: toys, obviously, sporting goods. We we have great weather in summer, so getting outside. Sporting goods, consumer electronics, fragrance, of course. Again, they're they're the big traditional uh, categories that we see lift uh, coming into November and December. I think some emerging things we're starting to see: food gifting. Now we often see this pop up in those gourmet retail, uh, you know, grocers, and also the big, uh, you know, department stores like David Jones. So sauces and cookies and charcuterie boards. Um, wearable tech is getting bigger and bigger every year. It's not just wearable smart watches, but things like smart pendants and smart rings, things that track your steps or track your sleep. Wireless chargers seem to be quite big and popular at the moment, so we've all got earbuds and smartphones and iPads. Being able to put them down on a charging plate and just get them to charge that, finding, a, a I guess, a, a socket in a wall. Um, Wireless sleep headphones seems to be the big craze this year, Paul, so they're like a wraparound, uh, get people to drift off to sleep comfortably. Pet gifts just get bigger and bigger every year. Last year we spent about $360 million at Christmas on our pets, so I expect to see us spending more on our pets this year. Um, I think there's this creep towards STEM toys, so science, technology, engineering, mathematics toys, so programmable robots and other educational toys, not just the Barbie dolls. Mm. And then, of course, nostalgia, you know, board games, spending time with the family, summer holidays by the beach and uh, reconnecting uh, through nostalgia as well.
1: I think you've just solved everybody's um, (laughs) um, uh, gift-giving problems right now, Gary, I think through that whole list. I'm interested in those sleepless headphones, so what, you pop them on and they allow you to sort of uh, drift into sleep?
0: Yeah, really interesting. So nobody likes to wear earbuds or big earphones when they fall asleep. It looks like a wraparound, like a headscarf. You put it around your head and it just sort of, you know, streams music and you sort of drift off to sleep. So I'm hoping to uh, to get into that this summer and just have a couple of quiet nights by myself on the coast. Yeah,
1: sounds, sounds great. Now, sustainable gifts have also been talked about as a growing trend. What are we seeing there? Do you think the consumer sentiment will translate into sales or or even a willingness to pay more?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, if we look at um, Salesforce release some reports recently, uh, finding about 75% of consumers, you know, look at the brand sustainability claims, which influences their decisions. And it's all about, you know, value alignment. So If the brand has similar values to you, then you're more likely to shop with them. Uh, 68% of consumers said that they're willing to wait a bit longer for a delivery uh, if it was done so in a more environmentally or sustainable way. Uh, 42% of shoppers saying that they'd be willing to pay for carbon offsets, um, we, we tend to, I, I guess, we, we tend to feel obligated to buy things. And this is notoriously around offices, the, the secret Santa and this obligation to give because that's what we generally do at this time of the year. Um, you know, ING did some research a couple of years back finding that about $400 million of, um, you know, I guess, uh, stuff that we get is generally unwanted stuff, about 10 million gifts. And a lot of that is things like candles and pampered products, dare I say it, socks and jocks. So, I, I think this year uh, consumers are very conscious of waste. Uh, they're very conscious of the environment. I think we'll see more vir- virtual or digital gifts. So, you know, streaming services, streaming subscriptions, gift cards, um, re-gifting, dare I say re-gifting, but we saw uh, Officeworks recently team up with Circonomy. So, uh, you know, Circonomy looks at how do we take dormant goods, uh, get them out of landfill uh, and get them into under Christmas trees this year. I think we'll see shoppers give examples. Experiences, not just products. And again, this this supports retailers. It might be, uh, you know, gym membership. It might be, uh, you know, uh, gifts to, to get your hair done, uh, uh, a nail salon, um, you know, a fine dining experience, a uh, potentially even go made, uh, homemade or uh, certainly upcycled products as well. So, I think there's going to be a, a shift towards, you know, concerns around, uh, I guess, unwanted gifts and uh, more sustainable, environmentally friendly gifts.
1: Gary, thanks so much for joining us on Retail Therapy to chat about all things Christmas. It's always great to speak with you. Your insights are always extremely valuable for retailers. Wishing you all the best for the season.
0: Thanks, Paul. Great. Cheers. Take care.